Welcome to episode 125 of the Ask a Chief show, where we answer all of your burning questions on all things health, fitness, and nutrition. We're your hosts, Lauren and Jason Peck, and we're on a mission to bring inclusivity and positive vibes to the fitness space. Today we'll be talking about how many times you should squat per week if you're trying to get stronger, and what to do if your wrists are bending backwards. All the hype around fasting and if you should experiment with, with it, and any advice for keeping training fun while... <laughs> Jesus, stop laughing at me. Started an advice that we have for keeping training fun while also progressing in a structured manner. (laughs) This is a continuation, uh, not the last episode, but two episodes before that when Lauren is trying to wing the intro. She's like, all right, I got this one. Let me just wing the intro. Winging it is not... Winging it, I'm pretty good at actually in general. You're very good at it, it's yeah. It's one of my strengths, but I think I'm putting a lot of pressure on myself to wing it, but also be very polished. <laughs> and typically, when I'm winging it, I'm not like perfectly polished, yeah. so I guess that's that's the problem. Perfectly polished. Perfectly polished. Um, but yeah, you, uh, I mean, you, you got all of your points across after, after some laughter and some... Yeah. Some bubbling, but yeah. way we got there. I didn't get a chance to say, we hope you're excited, let's get into the show. Oh, we right. just got right into it. Oh, I right. think that's okay. But I, I do hope that people are excited right now for this incredible show. That's yeah, it's going to be an awesome show. We have <laughs> really good questions. Um, is there anything to report thus far? Hmm. I don't think so. I mean... Nothing, nothing too exciting. Uh, I mean... The weather is getting marginally better, although it's been just raining constantly, like crazy. I feel like anytime you're not sure what to say, you just resort to the weather. I mean, I think that's what most people do. It's just the general. (laughs) You look around and you're like, oh, I noticed the weather outside, so let me talk about the weather. (laughs) I guess we could talk about that. It's that or sports, but right now we're not really following anything. Nothing's really happening. The Celtics are. Celtics, I think just they just got kicked out of the playoffs. Uh, <laughs> Shows how much attention I'm paying. All right, well, we can get into the questions. Besides here. the weather, besides sports, I think we're everything's just kind of going yeah, normally. Yeah, plug so it along. Let's just get into questions. Um, so the first one is from Elise Deroma, and they said, "How many times should you squat per week, per week if you're trying to get stronger?" And we're gonna we'll answer that first, and then we had another question from um, Robin who asked. How do you coach clients whose wrists aren't straight during a back squat? So yeah. we'll, we'll go with both Yeah, we'll go back and forth with that. Yeah. Um, the first one was how many times a week you should squat in order to get stronger? Yeah. Okay. So there's no, um, there's no blanket statement for this one. It's basically what you want to think about is you want to just do more squats than you have previously been doing. And so if you've been doing, let's say, three sets of 10, um, week in and week out um, at a certain percentage of your one rep max, and you've been doing that for a while, if you do four sets of 10 on that workout, you'll automatically get stronger as long as you're using comparable weights. Um, you can do, uh, so let's say it's, so you went from 30 reps to 40 reps. So let's say you did five sets of 10, again, you'd get, you'd end up getting stronger. Of course, you'll end up reaching a ceiling if you start to go with eight sets of 10, 10 sets of 10, like you can't, you're not gonna be able to maintain the same amount of weight throughout the workout, in which case it makes sense to add another day of squatting, right? So you might do three sets of 10 one day, you might do three sets of 10 on Wednesday. Um, and that makes for a better load distribution and allows you to recover. Um, so there's no really like optimal way for each person because you know there are programs out there that um, will tell you to do 10 sets of 10 on one day, 
or there'll be programs out there that'll tell you to squat every single day. Uh, you just have to take into account what you've been doing and doing a conservative increase. So I would say anywhere from 10% or, or so um, of an increase in terms of total reps and total volume um, would be sufficient to get you stronger. Yeah, what's the, uh, what's the, it's a Russian training protocol, I think, for squatting. Is it Smolov? Oh yeah, Smolov, yeah. So that, that, that one. That's like a day, every day. It's like squat. every day, high volume, high, high everything. And <laughs> people try that because, you know, the people that are prepared for it can get some great results and they hear like these stories of this inc incredible training program. But you throw just like someone random who's been doing squats maybe once a week at a lower intensity and you have them do that program, I mean, they're gonna get crippled. Right. And I wouldn't even, I don't think they would get stronger. They would actually probably decrease, they would get injured. Like it would just be way too much when all that person needed to do was literally just add an extra set to their workout. Right, so yeah, I think that a lot of times people are like, oh, they like see a program and they, they hear about how that program worked for a certain person and they're like, I should do that. Yeah. And, but the reality is like, it's just progressing from where you're at and making it and making it happen slowly and over the course of like several weeks or months or years rather than yeah. just jumping into this like really intense program. So getting stronger is, is a very gradual process. And yeah. as long as you do take your time with it and like Jason was saying, like add a set every week or add a couple reps every week and just like keep increasing volume and then maybe you decrease volume but increase weight and you just kind of just keep making progress week to week. Um, you're going to get stronger over time as opposed to jumping into like all of a sudden going from three sets of 10 once a week to 10 sets of 10 every day, you're yeah. just going to get hurt and then you're going to get set back and then you're going to get weaker. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we get a lot of DMs talking about like these people, like um, they want to gain like lean muscle or they want to lose weight or whatever it might be. And they start asking about how to work out twice a day, like how to maximally work out twice a day. And so, you know, we're not gonna give just like a general recommendation. Like we, we ask some questions like, okay, what are you doing right now? Like, what do you like to do? Like, what's your training history? How long you've been working out? What's your injury history? We kind of go down that, uh, that kind of rabbit hole for a little bit and, you know, come to find out they've been working out like twice a week um, and for like an hour at a time and they've just recently started working out. And now all of a sudden they wanna do three to four times a week and they wanna do it twice a day and they wanna do like max loads and, it's, it's just way too much for them. All you need to think about is what's the minimum effective dose that's going to get me stronger. And usually that just means that just doing a little bit more work than you have been doing previously and not thinking about how can I triple, quadruple, quintuple my output in order to get to where I want to go. Right, yeah. exactly. So to kind of sum up the answer to that question, it's really like there's no specific amount of times a week that you should squat to get stronger. There's no magic number. It's really take what you're doing now and start to gradually increase. Yeah, yeah. Either so, volume or weight. Yeah, the yeah. easiest way to do that is just literally calculate the amount of reps you're squatting. So if you're doing three sets of 10, you're doing 30 squats. Try to add 10 to 20% more reps per week and you should be at a good place. Yeah, Yeah. great. And the second half of that question or the other squat, it's not even the same question. It's not even like related, but they're just like, both about squats. Loosely so we, related. We figured we could lump them together. Um, this one was about, um, this is from the perspective of a personal trainer and she's asking about uh, clients whose wrists are like bending during a back squat. And she asked, is it a shoulder mobility issue or is something, something else might be going on? And so, yeah, and this might be happening to you too. You might notice when you try to squat, it's really hard for you to keep your wrists in a neutral position. 
Yeah. So basically, that, that position is really demanding on a lot of people. And if you think about it, when your arms are kind of like cocked back like that, you need a lot of range of motion throughout your shoulders, like she mentioned. So your shoulder external rotation. And the other thing that you need is a lot of T-spot extension. And so those are the two key variables in order to achieve a better rack position while also maintaining a neutral wrist position. Would you agree with that? Yes, definitely. And then, yeah, if one of those things isn't, isn't there, you're going to try to create that range of motion by bending your wrists. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. it's not usually like like cueing someone to get their wrist straight is probably not going to be enough in that situation because they're doing it in order to make up for a lack of mobility in either their T-spine or their shoulders. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, so we typically either see like an increased lower back arch or that sort of like wrist kind of like cocked back position in order to compensate for a stiffer T-spine or stiffer shoulder um, position. And so yeah. what we'll do is uh, I'll look up in the show notes one of our favorite drills. Uh, we call it the sideline T-spine extension rotation, which is kind of a mouthful. And it's also a little bit difficult to explain uh, via podcast. So I'll just link that up in the show notes, uh, one of the YouTube videos that we posted. Um, and you can, walk, uh, you can watch that basically to help you out with both T-spine extension as well as shoulder external rotation. Yeah, and I would say as you're going, as like if you're working with somebody who's just like clearly really struggling to get into the back squat position and it feels uncomfortable for them, you can work on T-spine and shoulder mobility. And then at the same time, you can switch them to a front squat or a zercher squat. True, something, yeah. Another squat variation that doesn't, well, front squat still actually requires mobility in different directions though. Um, it requires a lot of wrist mobility and a lot of T-spine extension. Um, but you could front squat with the arms crossed in front of you as yeah. opposed to with your hands on the bar. Um, you could also zercher squat where the bar is in your elbow crease. And that way that can be a little bit uncomfortable. Usually you want like a bar pad there um, for some comfort, but that's actually doesn't require any mobility from your upper body. So then you're just working in a squatting pattern without requiring any um, T-spine or shoulder or wrist mobility. Yeah. So those are some options to keep loading and working that squatting pattern while you're working on improving mobility because mobility takes a while to change and to work right. on. So you're, you don't want to be like, well, now we can't squat heavy until you can get into this position. It's like, let's figure out a different way to squat heavy while we work on mobility. Yeah. That's such an important concept to know is just that when you, when you, when you feel like you have a mobility limitation, do not feel like you can't do anything until you've perfected your mobility, but like just find the variation that actually matches what your mobility level is currently at right now. And so a zercher or a front squat would be a perfect option for you while you're working on your mobility gains. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. All right. Next question is from Dini and, or Deanny. <laughs> and they said, there's a lot of hype about fasting. Do you think it affects do you think it would affect my workout? It would affect my workouts if I experiment with it. Sorry, sometimes when we <laughs> when we do the uh, ask me anything things on Instagram for questions, like it only gives you a very small amount that you oh, can yeah, type in. Off. Yeah. So people have to like. I've done this before for other people when I'm asking questions. I'm like trying to make my sentence only all a breeze. Eight words, yeah. <laughs> um, but basically, she's asking. Um, I've been hearing a lot about fasting and if I experiment with fasting, is it going to negatively affect my workouts? Yes. Okay. Um, not, not yes as the answer, but <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's a question. So yeah, Laura and I were discussing this question before and basically, you know, I think had this come, had this been asked differently, um, I think maybe it would have changed our answer, but I think we really liked the way that she approached the answer of if I treat this as an experiment, this whole concept of fasting, 
like, is that a good idea or not? Right? Yeah, yeah. And so do you want to kind of like expand on like your thoughts? Because you've actually gone through some intermittent fasting and kind of played around with that. Yeah, yeah. So I think that experimenting with, with fasting, if you're going at it from a place of pure curiosity, is, is totally a good idea. Yeah. Um, I think it is a like a great way to understand your hunger cues a little bit better it's a great way to like for me what happened with it was i actually was able to um realize that i could like i when i thought i was hungry i i typically actually was more in the habit of eating right, and so yeah. it helped me to be able to just be like not eating just purely out of habit and being more like aware of when I was actually hungry, realizing for me actually that spreading out the time in between meals was actually better for me, where I used to eat more frequently, but I wouldn't have gotten those, I wouldn't have had that understanding had I not been like kind of trying out fasting. Right. Um, because it gave me that opportunity to say like, oh, actually when I don't have to think about food for an extended period of time, well, when I first started fasting, all I could think about was food <laughs> because you're like, oh my God, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. And then you get to a point where you're like, actually, I just, I'm not that hungry until yeah. this time. And it, it really does change your perspective. Um, and so, I, but I wouldn't have had that opportunity to like even have that experience had I not played around with it. Yeah. But on the flip side, I was feeling like I couldn't get great workouts in when I was fasting. So I wanted to, so I started to be like, I don't actually want to fast. I just want to have more time in between my meals because that actually made me feel really good. It, made, it helped me to not be constantly thinking about food. Um, so it gave me some different perspective on eating, but I didn't end up sticking with fasting. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. That was really jumbled. But. <laughs> um, I mean, for me, I actually tend to like inadvertently fast. I, I tend to do well with just skipping breakfast for whatever reason and I tend to just eat lunch and dinner um, and they tend to be bigger meals to kind of make up for it but I just for some reason um, don't really like to eat in the mornings and for me I like to work out in the sort of mid-morning region and it doesn't seem to affect um, my workout production unless I know that I've got like really heavy stuff going on but other than that I actually feel pretty good not having things in my stomach while I'm going through uh, my workout process. Yeah, and, and I'm so, the opposite. If I'm working out at 6 a.m., I feel I don't like to eat before that. Like, yeah. if I'm working out early in the morning, I actually prefer to eat on a quote-unquote empty stomach. But if I'm working out anytime after, like, 9, I have to eat something before. Yeah. Whereas you feel fine without it. And for me, yeah. I just feel like my workout suffers. I feel a little bit weak, sometimes even lightheaded. Like, just definitely not um, ideal for me. So, but you won't, yeah, like, you won't know this unless you experiment with it. So, I would say as long as you're in a place fasting can only I think can be dangerous when people are using it as a method for weight loss yes because it could potentially become like more of a disordered way of approaching food yeah. um, because especially for me for as someone who does have a history with like disordered eating fasting can be like reminiscent of yeah, can not some, eating yes, for, not. <laughs> so which it is like it's the same thing so it's a very it's a very strange like approach to eating that it does work for people like Jason who's like I just don't now it's great because I don't have to think about food until yeah. the afternoon like it's just like an easier way of living life right and like right. I do know a lot of people who fast who that's mainly the reason that they do it they're like I get to just like not worry about the first six hours of the day, like trying to get food. I just like get to focus on the other things that I'm trying to do during that time. Right. And then I only have to worry about lunch and dinner and I just make sure that they're bigger meals and then I'm getting all my calories in that way. 
Like that's what that's why I feel like it works for a lot of those people. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we would have approached this question completely differently if it was there's a lot of a hype about fasting. Do you think it would help out with, with my weight, weight loss. loss? Yeah. And yeah, that that would be a totally different rabbit hole to go down for affecting your workouts. Definitely just experiment and just see what happens. Yeah. Um, but from a weight loss perspective, you know, you can you can lose weight with or without fasting, and so we wouldn't really. Um, recommend either way I guess. yeah and it's yeah. not usually like the first thing I would, definitely not the first thing I yeah would definitely recommend. not the first thing yeah it's just an aggressive like to go from you know eating a normal amount of food to suddenly completely fasting for 8 to 16 hours or yeah, even I guess more that's the other thing there there's different talk about fasting so like there everyone fasts like unless you're getting up in the middle of the night and eating or like yeah. <laughs> you're sleepwalking and going in the fridge but like you're fasting from your last meal of the day until you wake up in the morning that's like technically a fast that's why breakfast is called breakfast yeah. break breakfast um so some fasts like intermittent fasting is just extending that fast so instead of eight hours which would be a typical like night sleep and amount of time not eating you extend that by another eight hours and you go 16 hours without right. eating and then you have an eight hour window where you do eat um and then is that right yeah, i can't do math right. okay <laughs> and then uh sometimes people recommend once a week doing a 24 hour fast that's another way of doing intermittent fasting. So there's right. actually all these different ways. I never did 24 hour fast except for on Yom Kippur, which is a Jewish holiday. <laughs> <laughs> um, because the, it was what we did when we were growing up. But um, some people like that as a way to like more experience true hunger cues and things like that. Yeah. I, I think that would definitely negatively impact a workout. <laughs> that absolutely. Um, yeah. That's like, the, yeah. If you're doing a 24 hour fast and then trying to work out or doing it at the end of, of that fast, I think you would be you'd have a, a difficult time. Um, but doing the intermittent fasting, just extending that, that fasting period from overnight, I think some people like it. Some people don't yeah. experiment. Yeah. It just goes back to our, the last episode of just making sure that you do treat it like an experiment and it's not like that it, that you failed it, but if it doesn't work out for you, then it just wasn't the right plan for you. So, yeah. And yeah. you'll probably learn a couple things about yourself along the way. And that's kind of what's yeah. cool about experimenting. And yeah. So sometimes even in the last episode, I didn't really touch on, with experimenting, like, not only are you, do you get the freedom to say, like, okay, that didn't work for me, but you usually get some other information out of it as well. So yeah. you can say, like, that didn't work for me because, like, I like to work out at night and I was, like, not eating all day really impacted that or whatever, it, you know. Right. Or I like to work out in the middle of the day at noon and I wasn't sure when to eat or whatever I don't know why I can't I'm, I'm really struggling right now <laughs> an example of this but basically what I'm trying to say is that it's a learning opportunity every time you experiment when you think of it as an experiment but when you think of it as a rule it just becomes a black or white like it worked or it didn't yeah whereas it, an experiment gives you the opportunity to learn even if it's not like I learned that this is the right way of eating for me you might learn different things like for me it was learning that I could go longer in between meals and that gave me a little bit more like time in my day to not think about food. Yeah, that's true. Because I mean, you, you were, um, you know, someone that liked to have like five to seven small meals throughout the day. Right. And after you experimented with fasting, you were like, you know, like I actually don't need to frequently snack as much. And you transitioned to more of like a three to four slightly bigger meals per yeah. day. Yeah. And I just like it so much better because I don't, I don't have to think about my next snack or like you know like I'm just like I eat breakfast and then I get to just like focus on other things because I'm not worrying about my next meal I'm just I just know it's going to be at 
one or like yeah. whatever time instead of being like, should I eat a snack now or should I wait another hour because then my my lunch is going to be at <laughs> two and like so it's just like I don't have to worry about spacing out my snacks or anything like that. It's just like eat at nine at one and at six or yeah. whatever. Yeah, it just makes it a little bit simpler for us currently. Yeah. But yeah, there's no, there's no, it's not better or worse for you to have one meal a day, three meals a day, six meals a day, whatever it might be as long as, it, it, like in an experiment situation, like all calories are equal in that regard. Like yeah. it's just, it, 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 there's a completely net effect right. of like everything's equal. Right. So just choose whatever works best for you and is convenient for you. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> what? I just feel very scatterbrained with my answers today. I'm so sorry to our listeners who are like, what is she talking about? No, that was great. Okay. Sometimes I just feel like I ramble. No, it's good. We're, we're, I think we're doing good. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you, you all let us know. Send us a message if you're like, yes, Lauren, you were totally rambling. Or if you're like, no, Lauren, I, we love hearing you talk about all the thoughts that are going through yeah. your head when you... Yeah. Sometimes I mean, they don't want to just, just hear, like, yes. No, I know. Well, yeah, then they wouldn't be listening to it. There would not be a podcast. Sometimes I just feel like, you know, when you talk, you just have, it's a little bit more thought out. Like, you sit there and you think about your thought before you say it. I never do that. <laughs> there, there's pros and cons to it, though. That's <laughs> true. But sometimes I'm like, you could have thought about that for a second longer and just would have been a little bit more uh, put together. <laughs> there's so many times, though, where you're like, why did you say anything? I was like, <laughs> I just couldn't think of anything. <laughs> <laughs> right. We balance each other out. All right. Let's get into our last questions. This one's from Lauren Javery, Javery. And they said, any advice for keeping training fun while maintaining enough structure for progression? Which I really like. This is a cool question. This is a really good question. Yeah. Because I think a lot of times people are like, oh, okay, we need progressive overload and you need to follow a program and all this stuff. And it, it becomes very regimented. And then you feel like, I'm not even enjoying this. Anymore. Yeah, yeah, it ends up being like, yeah, way too structured. Um, especially like, if you're really your main goal is to like get stronger, get healthier, get fitter, like and just be consistent and have fun working out. Like, if that's the goal, then you don't have to be like so crazy structured to like the nth degree and have every rep and have every every percentage mapped out and everything's completely like the perfect program, like. What you want to do is structure it so that there are elements of progressive overload for some of the main lifts, but that to also include just a lot of the stuff that you really like. And so that might be uh, like sled pushes, it might be bench presses, it might be push-ups, um, and it might not be things like rear foot elevated split squats <laughs> or like single leg deadlifts, like some of the exercises that people constantly talk about where they're like, this just really burns and it really hurts and it's really uncomfortable. Like you don't have to always include that sort of stuff because even though you know that it's like a good exercise, right? Yeah. So yeah. I think it's just like throw in a couple of moves that you can progressively overload um, that you like and also throw in a lot of the moves that you really enjoy. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I also like the idea of like if having a program, for me having a program always helps me with consistency, so I like to have a program, but I also like to have some freedom in that program, so I like when I have like a finisher choice. Yeah. Right? So it's like instead of like every time I'm done with my strength training, I have to either go push the sled or ride the bike or whatever. Like I like to just be like, all right, this is when I'm going to freestyle and do what I feel like doing that day. Yeah. And so sometimes like a lot of times for me, it'll be like a kettlebell complex 
or something like that where I just feel like I want to do just whatever feels fun that day. Yeah. Um, but the program, having the program itself helps me not only make progress week to week, but it also just helps me with consistency and feeling like I'm accountable to something. Uh -huh. um, so I kind of like that idea of having a program or even programming in like your main lift for each day of the week or something like that. So yeah. it's like if your goal is to just get like overall get stronger maybe you're like i'm going to do deadlifts on monday i'm going to do squats on wednesday and i'm going to do bench press on friday and or push-ups on friday or something like you have like the main thing that you're going to do on those days and then the rest of your workout you're kind of building around that main lift and you're just doing things that you enjoy things that are fun yeah. um, but have that main lift be something that you're progressing week to week adding weight or adding reps things like that yeah and also incorporating things like you know some of the stuff that are a little bit maybe less on, I guess, a priority list, um, like like lower intensity activities like jogging or hiking or biking. Like if someone wants to really get stronger, develop lean muscle mass, like that would be those would be activities that would be slightly lower in the priority list. However, if you really like those activities, then you should bump it up higher on your on the priority list. Yeah. Even though from a just kind of like pure goal standpoint it doesn't make quite as much sense. But again, like if your goal is to just generally get healthier, generally fitter, and generally stronger, like then you should do stuff that you really enjoy because that's gonna help your overall prog progress and your overall consistency, which will help you get your goal, get, get your goals faster. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So um, that's, that's a really good question. And it's actually like one of the reasons why we developed our lifestyles program, mm -hmm. right? It was, our lifestyle program um, on Achieve Online was basically designed to incorporate just a lot of like more of like quote unquote fun movements that explore single leg training, that explore multi-planar training, that has some barbell work, has some kettlebell work, some TRX, just like a, a wide variety of tools, but to make it just like an all-encompassing program that is fun and sustainable, that isn't necessarily geared to any one particular types of like goal, but also includes elements of progressive overload so that a person does end up getting stronger and fitter and healthier by following the program, but not necessarily getting you know crushed day in and day out by heavy five by fives with the barbell yeah. or doing only kettlebell work or doing only high intensity conditioning. It kind of like combines all the elements of all the modalities that we've kind of gone through and makes it in a way that is just very uh, fun and approachable for the person going through it. So that's one of the reasons why we made a lifestyle program. So yeah. it's a good question. Yeah, I love that question. I think that it's worth, like if you're listening, it's worth kind of taking a step back and thinking about just again, we we're always talking about it, but what are your true goals with your workouts and how can you make, how can you modify your workouts to make them like a geared toward that goal, but be still fun enough that you are motivated to go into the gym and you want to go in and get it done. Um, for me right now, like I, I've been doing more of a lifestyles type program, um, for, since I had Kendrick, since the baby. So I've been, um, just more just doing movements that I enjoy that feel good. I'm not worrying about weight so much. And then now I just signed myself up for a powerlifting meet <laughs> in <laughs> September, which I wasn't planning on doing, but it's for a good cause. And, uh, yeah. We, so now I'm like, um, Jason, I think I want you to write me a program again. Like I want to get on something more specific because I decided to do something with a specific goal in mind. But before that I was doing a little bit more of like the lifestyles type design of a program where it was a little more, like a little bit more freestyle, a little bit more, um, focused on just movements that felt good. Actually, that's a really good point that you bring up. And we've talked about this in terms of like people 
trying to follow a diet year round or like yeah. try to eat really clean a year round and that's just really difficult and so we always talk about like you know if weight loss or gaining muscle is something that you want to have accomplished you know maybe you go through pockets of time where you are a little bit more committed and then other pockets of time where you kind of dial dial it back a little bit because it's just tough to be on all the time yeah, right and so same thing goes for your workouts like there could be periods of time throughout the year where you really train for a specific goal specific purpose and you're really dialed in and other times where you're like you know i want to just take a little bit of a step back and just like relax a little bit and just have fun with the workouts and not worry about this overarching goal that i'm working towards day in and day out and over time over the long haul that ends up being just a very healthy relationship with working out and ends up getting you faster to your goals right yeah absolutely yeah cool all right cool well i believe those are all of our answers to your burning questions for today thank you so much for sending those in and if you have any questions of your own you can send us a dm at achieve fitness boston on instagram if you like the podcast and you wouldn't mind leaving us a review on itunes we'd be super grateful for that and until next time peace love and, and muscles, muscles.